everybody. Welcome to uh, Band Advice TV. This is the Matt and Mark Music Podcast. I am Mark. I'm Matt. We're going to do things a little different. Uh, you know, we've been talking about all the other things out there, but we haven't talked about ourselves near enough. So, Matt's going to interview me. And then the next episode, I'm going to interview him. So, this ought to be entertaining, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. I mean, so so we we started playing together, and then... We played together for probably ten years, mm-hmm. and then you got you got kind of like on your you were doing stuff on your own, and then <laughs> that was you know after after we did the duo gigs around right. Tulsa, right? Like at the Buccaneer, and we played with America and all that kind of stuff there. So what was after that? You were doing the, the more originals. You did the. I was trying to. I was trying to do uh, more original, more um, current stuff. Uh, you know, when we were doing the duo, you were the lead singer, lead guitar player. I was the harmony guy and the good-looking guy. Uh, <laughs> and the comedian. <laughs> and the comedian as well. And the delusional one, apparently, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, so I was just, you know, trying to, trying to find my own voice and... Uh, you know, I was writing some songs and stuff, and I, I landed a gig at a hotel. It's a little hotel bar. It was actually for a hotel bar. It's a pretty decent size, and I think it was a Tuesday Wednesday gig, and it was you know wasn't much. It was like ten to ten to midnight kind of thing, two to three hours, and I was having some fun. They have some nights that were absolutely awesome, and then there were others that were just horrid. And uh, and so when you say horrid, what was horrid? <laughs> Uh, the, the fact that people think that they can heckle musicians, it was, uh, you know, you figure if you're at a hotel bar, these are people that are usually from out of town. So what happens on the road stays on the road and they would just, sometimes they just want to listen to the jukebox and, uh, you know, they, they just get right up in your face, get off the damn stage, all this other stuff. And oh you, you man, know, how rude, really? Yeah. And it's, you know, there's another time when someone actually went over to try to plug the jukebox right back in in the middle of my set and. You know, you got to let some of that roll off your back, but then after, you know, golly, there was just, <laughs> there there was a string of about two or three nights in a row when there was these conventioners, they were accountants or something, they were there and uh, they would just stand around and just heckle and heckle and you suck it off stage, all this other stuff. And I just remember, it was getting towards the end of the night and I said, all right guys, I got I got time for one more song. Like, yeah, about time to get on the stage. And I'm like, you all can just kiss my fill in the explicative. Place got silent. And one of the guys, one of the the head people of their group goes, that's it. And he walks out the door and goes over to find management. So I pack up my stuff and I leave. (laughs) And uh, I uh, talk to the bar owners on that the next day. I says, look, I, 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 I get it if you don't want me back. No, we'll give it another shot. And I, I tried for a couple more, a couple more days and it just, I, I lost the passion at that point in time. It's like, uh, why am I doing this? Man, I would say that that was just not the right audience. No. That no. was definitely, and that's, there's some wisdom in being able to pick and choose, you know what right. I mean? Cause like, and I've fallen victim to it. We all have, sure. we just want to play. We want to get out there. If somebody wants us to play, we want to have a, have a chance, but you shouldn't feel bad about that at all. It's just no. those kind of gigs are that's it's tough doing that, you know. Right, and at that point in time too, I had, uh, you know we we had done quite a bit with our duo, and uh, I was hitting a little burnout at that point in time. And I thought, I thought it was maybe because I was just tired of 
the music we were playing and some of the places we were playing when really ultimately it's just, I was just tired of playing bars in general. (laughs) And, uh, you know, looking back and I I was letting that frustration of playing in just these, these bars where people, you know, like you said earlier, you know, you sit there in a bar of a hundred people all night long and a hundred people never saw you, that right. kind of thing. And I was just frustrated with that. Cause like you said, when you're out there, you want people to listen to your music. Now you're not going to get raving reviews every time, but you know, if you could just get a couple of people to show you, show some interest and, you know, make it feel like you're worth your while and that you're reaching them, then that's worth it. But wasn't getting that. And I wasn't getting that, uh, you know, after the duos was over as well. You know, I've always wondered, it's like, what, what, because I've seen, you know, different bands on different levels mm-hmm. at, at like venues, the same venues. And so at a certain level, the people are still sitting at the table. Right. They're still acting like they're too cool to listen to them. Mm-hmm. But then at another level, they're standing there and yes. they're there at 730. Right. They're there in the front, uh-huh. waiting at the front. Just so, like last night at Wade Bowen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. It's standing. like how, I, I don't understand what... You know, I don't know what goes through, you know, I, I'm just, that's one of the mysteries I've always wondered. You know, I think it's just, I think it's the type of gig, you know, there's, there's multiple levels of what a gig is. You got something that's just going to be atmosphere music. That's your, your kid playing in the corner of a coffee house, just doing, you know, uh, instrumental stuff. Uh-huh. And then you've got, you've got your bar gig, which it depends what kind of bar, you know, is this a bar where you want to get everybody up and dancing? So you're the doctor and lawyer band that plays all the cool Disco stuff from the 70s. There's no cool disco. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I, go, I fair get enough. it. I get yeah, it. But, but yeah, you know, man. I you mean... know, those, those old timer, of course, now we're at the age of those guys were when we were laughing at Right. And, uh, you know, and then you've got you got the, the rock band bar gigs. And those, you know, a lot of times end up at your biker bars and things right. like that. And, and, uh, but those things can be very active or very passive. You can't have crowds that are just digging the heck out of it, or you got crowds that are just sitting there, and that's just what the venue caters to. Mm. But like you said, you get to the next level. You get to the place like the Canes Ballroom, where it's not just a bar gig. It's it's a concert. You are putting on a, a, a concert on a you know a, a little different on, on scale the, on the scale that the Canes holds. It's but it's a step up. You yeah, know? you're not sitting there trying to fill three and a half hours and uh, you know playing your 45 minute set and going off for 15 minute break. You were right. putting on a concert. You got a show. You got a set list, and uh, so that's what was really cool when we did open for America because it's like finally this is what we're doing. Isn't that weird when they all clapped when we played that ori- the first original? Oh, I know that was just so cool. I mean, you know, and that just kind of flew in the face of all the people that were like, original music in Tulsa is of no end. You should play more covers. That right there was the moment when I knew that they were full of shit. Right, but the right there, that but the was thing is, is that. that there's truth to that too. The bar gigs, original music doesn't exist in Tulsa. You get to that next level up, the, mm. the concert style. Then yes, because then people are there to listen to the music. They're there to watch you play. They're not there trying to pick up on some chick or play pool or or get slop and drunk. Although. You know, I always said the drunker they are, the better I sound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that that was a real, you know, revelation when yeah. all those people clapped, clapped, and it was like, wow, that wasn't a cover, that wasn't the Humpty Dance, that was a song we wrote. Yeah, and these people are here; they paid to come here to see this band that they know, and they happened to see us, and so that kind of was a, an eye opener for yeah. me. You know, you know, and after doing that, going back to the Buccaneer Bar, it's like. Don't get me wrong, I love the, the Buccaneer bar, but it was we're playing to the same ten people week after week, and you know the. I'm with just, you. Yeah. I'm with yeah, you. It's you and I, I got yeah. to the point where, like, when I was playing with a you know, 
a name act, I wouldn't, I'd try to not book like a small, tiny gig the next night because it was oh, just yeah. so hard to come down from, wow, there was a thousand people standing on their chairs at the end of it last night. And now there's four crankheads and the bartender. <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> you're just like, what, what, what's the deal? Yep. Exactly. So then, okay, so you had you you had an epiphany. You took a little break off performing, but you didn't quit making music at that point. Oh, I did you? I was still writing. I uh, you know invested a bunch of money in a Pro Tools setup, and I was uh, you know doing a lot of recording and stuff. And but at that time, if you wanted to put out a CD, you had to put out ten songs. You know, it's just cost effective. You had to do it that way. So I would run into uh, situations where I get two or three songs in, and you know they're sounding pretty good. And then I just, you know, hit writer's block or I just would struggle with some and then work would get busy. And, uh, you know, it just, the whole project just was taking longer and I ended up losing interest in it. I did. Even though I dug up some of the recordings the other day, it's like, okay, not too bad. But I, just, I lost interest in that too. It kind of got burned out because it's, you know, you work and work at something and just, you don't seem to get anywhere. And then met a girl. Oh yeah, got married, had kids. Yeah, so I had quite a few, quite a few uh, years where, where I was uh, too busy changing diapers and and uh, gosh, I can remember one stint when I'd go for I went for like three months without touching my guitar. Wow, and it just really, I would sit there and say, what happened? And don't get me wrong, this these were choices I made because. I wanted to be that step-up father. I wanted to be very active in my kids' And that's life. very and, admirable, man. And uh, that was what was admirable. important to me, is, is making sure I was making <clears> enough money and uh, and taking care of the kids. I was helping my wife, who was you know, had to go back to school and then take you know new jobs. She went through a couple of new jobs, each one better and better. And yeah. I was Mr. Mom. Still am dance mom. You know? I take the take my daughters to dance competitions and stuff, too. Yeah, but so now, they're, they're a little bit... They're older, so I can leave them downstairs and hope they don't... Uh, beat the crap out of each other and and uh, come up here and, and so d- does the does the you, does the family your wife and kids they like what you like your music they think it's neat they they like the kids involved do in it. the kids do and uh, every now and then they'll they'll come up and they'll they'll play on some of the instruments you know, I got a ukulele here that Taylor really wants to get into and uh, but you know we're just all so busy with everything too and then about uh, four years ago just out of nowhere I I was on one of my business trips i get a call from our, our pastor at church he goes hi this is james i understand you play guitar can you play this sunday i'm like where is this coming from yeah uh, how did you get my number because i think i've spoke to you once in the last year and how'd you find out about all this so i had to kind of bow out of that at that time because i was really busy with work but i finally finally said okay i'll come down i'll play this week and i've been playing ever ever since then three and a half years later nice 100 and 140 services i've done since wow that. So, man i mean that's a lot I yeah mean, it is i mean i know that you've done thousands of gigs but for for myself you know to play 140 of anything you know what i figured <laughs> out it's like i mean if you can get to where you play with some semi-regularity mm-hmm. once a month and you do that for a year or two mm-hmm. years that's pretty admirable. Yeah. It takes a lot to keep that going with so many other things weighing on you, you yeah. know? And I've, you know, I've realized it's like, I've made choices in my life and everybody's made choices in theirs too. And I mean, you know, when you get to the marriage and the kids stage, it's, it has to take backseat to that. Mm-hmm. It just has to, because sure. it, family and kids takes a lot of responsibility, and a lot of commitment, and you can't do it when you're, <laughs> 
out at bars for till four o'clock yeah, in the morning, five yeah, nights a week. You just can't, it just it just doesn't work that way. My kids are only the age they are for so long, and yeah, uh, you know, the guitar will always be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my hopefully my fingers will hold out as I get older, but uh, you know, it'll always be there. Doing the the church thing is has been great. I've grown more as a guitarist in the last three years than than I have any other period of time, other than maybe when I was in the high school jazz band because I was kind of forced into learning how to play chords and, yeah. and read music and. And when you're compete, competing against two other guitar players in a very awkward-shaped uh, jazz band, uh, yeah, you, you practice a lot, stepped up your game. So yeah, well, well I've, you know, I've noticed, I've noticed you getting more into it. That's cool yeah. to see. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, now that I'm doing this too, is I'm, I'm writing a lot more. I'm doing, you know, good old rock and roll and the acoustic folky stuff like I've always done. And but I'm also writing some worship songs and uh, doing my bluesier stuff as well. So. I basically have about three different personas out there at any given time, and, uh, and now podcasting as well. So yeah, you know, and it, these things are all tying together. I came across a couple months ago. I came across this diagram that was basically Walt Disney's business plan. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, it shows Disneyland here, and it shows the Mickey Mouse video series here and it shows this and all these different how all these business units tied together Mm -hmm. and they all fed off of each other and also fed into each other and that's kind of what i'm doing with the band advice thing too you know i've got the mark five record label and i'm slowly starting up i've got the band advice thing that we're doing and with the hopes that all these things kind of cross pollinate and help build each other up and honestly have you know like like i said with the the intro music it's the Mad Dog, Mark, and Blues sounds Christmas time blues. I'm still getting spins in in the Netherlands. Nice. Now I know it's colder a lot, but they got to get to the point that Christmas is over. But you know, just just the other day, two or three of them from over there. It's like, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll Heck take it. yeah, man. Yeah, you know? that's it's cool. Awesome. So you know, it's, that's cool. You know, it's fun. You know, I get to kind of step away from the, uh, the the doldrum of doing dishes and mowing the yard and stuff yeah, like that. Right. And, you know, have some fun, put some stuff out, and, and uh, the family's been very supportive of that. So Yeah, man. And, you know, having interesting hobbies, that, that really that really makes life oh, a lot sure more does. interesting. I sure mean, does. I know lots of lots of times that maybe, you know, is, is hard for people to do, but I think having interesting hobbies is fun. Well, it keeps you young. Yeah. It keeps you out of trouble, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's definitely true. So, so what do you, you're just going to keep on sewing all these different things together and yeah. keep on working at it and, you know, having fun with it having and fun with it, you know, becoming to define your skills, refine your skills as a musician. So mm-hmm. where do you see yourself? Like when you're able to retire from your job, where do you see yourself with music then? Or what I have to, to achieve to retire from my job? Well, I or? mean, when, when you retire from your job, what, what would you see for yourself? I'm hoping, I'm music? hoping that we can... Continue to launch this this uh, the podcast stuff and the the band device and YouTube channel and have multiple streams of income to the point where I will be making a comparable living that I can then focus full time on that and then I'll really delve deep and get into that plan of releasing a new track every month and you know continue to release new content and that's what I really like to do and you know so if people would start hitting you know watching our videos and getting our traffic up please I'm begging you. <laughs> shameless self-promotion I'm a master at it <laughs> well you know i don't know man i just think that you're doing good stuff and i always like hanging out with you and talking absolutely like you know working on some stuff together and that's cool it's yeah. really been fun it certainly has you know it's 
we're we're definitely family because we we've had our ups and then we've had our downs. <laughs> we've had years in which we didn't talk to each other. And it's just because I'm the crank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the crank, but I also it's because I was jealous because you were always a better player than me. So um, then I, it took me a long time to just say, so what? The, and exactly, so and you know what, what it means. You know what it means. It's like that's just you know. That's my own insecurity. You can't you can't compare yourself to anybody right. else. I mean, you just can't. I did it for years. I've beat myself up so many years. But you know, when I started figuring it out, I'm like, you know, and Ace was like, Matt, the trick is you figure out who you are, right, and then make more of that. Sure. And sure. so that was like great advice. That it it wasn't that that easy to just follow it at first, right? Because then you're like, oh wait. Wait, from years one through three, I was Ace Fraley, and yeah. from years three through four, I was Tony Iommi, and then right. I was Eddie Van Halen and Vito Brada, Nuno Betancourt. Well, how about what's Matt Mason do? Right, you know, exactly. and that that I think is a real revelation to get to is, you know, figure out what you're good at and turn that up. You know, well, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm in the process of writing several songs that are very personal to me, and I'm gonna put them out there. It's like. Not every song I put out there's got to be hit potential, you yeah. know. And it, like I said, it's one thing if you're putting together a whole CD, you're going through a year long process, and and then all the expense of pressing it. But now that it's you know, seven dollars to put it out there, fifty dollars to copyright, and then whatever money you want to spend to promote it, yeah, you know, it's I'm just gonna put out music that I that I write for the reasons I write it. It's gonna be about as honest as it's gonna get. And if you like it, great. If you don't, at least I feel satisfied that I did something with it. So. That's that's what Mark V is going to be moving forward. Well, so. man, there's a purity, or Mark in, Allen, know. or Mark Veerthal, or whichever name I decide to go. With. Yeah, there's a purity <laughs> in doing it, you know, because you love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, once money gets involved, art gets really sketchy. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <'cause, laughs> no pun intended, but well, that's true. It I mean, does, and yeah. so because now you're becoming pretty much a work for hire, right. even though you're not putting that on the copyright line. Right. You are you are writing songs. You're putting it out there for the purpose of selling records, make somebody else money, make yourself money. And yeah. Well, yeah, you it's, know, uh, so. to me, the, when I get hits and I, I get the revenue and stuff that I'm getting is, you know, little as it is that to me, it's just kind of a, uh, their way of showing appreciation saying, Hey, I like this enough that I'm going to pay you my 99 cents yeah. and that, you know, they're not there. They're not there to be able to applaud me in front of a gig. So they, they give me 99 cents instead. Well, that's, that's great. So, you know. We're, you know, we're constantly trying to teach our kids, especially on the social media era. It's like, you know, it's not about the likes, you know, you don't do stuff on Facebook or Instagram and all that and, and get upset if you're not getting enough likes. It's not a popularity contest in most cases. And what, what, I, what I'm trying to do is that that is that's how I get feedback as to the success yeah. of what people think of my music. Right. So. You know, that's a delicate lesson I'm trying to teach the kids. It's like, you know, the number of hits, number of listens and stuff is important but it's not why you do it either, no so. no no it's so. like the creativity and the joy of creating something Absolutely. that's cool and sharing it with people on a real level that's yeah. that should be the reward yeah. in itself you know exactly because you know like i said man you, you chose a different life than i did and you know i'm telling you there's there's a <laughs> there's a big bad wolf around every corner when mm -hmm. you're doing this for a living yeah you know i gotta admire you for for doing that doing it a different way because you know i see people are like oh it must be great to play music for a living and do it for i'm like well yeah man it is but you know <laughs> it's nice to be home at three in the morning when it's raining instead of loading gear out yeah, or you yeah. know whatever the case may be but i don't try to solicit sympathy for anything because i made my choices and you know i knew this was going to be a rough life but i, I enjoyed doing it you know and 
Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Many more podcasts to come. Yes, sir. My oh. buddy Mark, here you go. <laughs> awesome. Check him out. <laughs> yes, and be sure to check out Matt's stuff, too. We'll be putting uh, putting links. And stay tuned, because I'm going to do the same and interview him next. So, <laughs> so until next time, I'm Mark V, and this is Matt. Peace.